Oh, okay. <laughs> You're listening, listening to Hold That Thought from Arts and Sciences at Washington University in St. Louis. Hello, and thank you for listening to Hold That Thought. I'm Claire Gowan. You're tuned in to a very, very special episode of Hold That Thought. Today, we get to hear from Ira Flato. Yes, the Ira Flato, host of Science Friday. Flato recently visited WashU to be part of a panel discussion on climate change. It was the first event in a new arts and sciences series called Science Matters. Hearing Flato talk with climate scientists got me thinking. He's been in the business of science journalism for a long time. The WashU event was one of who knows how many times he's asked scientists about global warming. When did these conversations start? And how has the discussion changed over time? The day after the panel, to my extreme excitement, I got to sit down with him in person and ask. It's interesting, because uh, the, the first Earth Day, which was 1970, was my first science story. So I've been following climate change. And I remember, I remember in the late 70s, uh, people were talking about the Earth getting colder um, because we were in an interstitial. We were between ice ages. So if you look at a graph of the ice ages coming and going, they come with a, regu- with a regularity. And just about now, we should be entering another ice age. And so ice was going to take over the Earth and we'd all you know, be very cold. But then I remember... Uh, a few years later, I was in Antarctica in 1979, and I was watching a scientist. Uh, on, he was on a glacier. We're all on glaciers. And he was probing this, the glacier and taking measurements of the snow and the ice. I said, what are you doing? He says, I'm collecting some base data here. I said, and you will do what with that? He said, well, I want to know how much you know, ice there is here because it's possible this could all melt someday. I said, well, you know, what are you talking about? I said, it's, it's possible that the Earth could be warming. There's some data showing that. And if it does warm, Antarctica is going to warm up and lose a lot of it. And so I want to know what's here now. Again, this was 1979. Fast forward a bit, and instead of standing on a glacier, we find Flato as most of us know him now, on the radio. It was 1993, And Science Friday, then only a couple of years old, was doing a show with the now hilarious title, What's This Thing Called the Internet? Plato recently listened to the episode when combing through the archives for Science Friday's 25th anniversary. And so I pulled out that show, which is a delight to listen to, What's This Thing? And in, in one of the questions on the program, I asked scientists and people, what would you do with the internet? Somebody said, hey, wouldn't it be great to download CDs on it, you know? I, yeah, that'll happen someday, right? Music, you know? And then a scientist said, you know, I would like to be able to use it to do this and this and this. And he went through a, a cavalcade of different things, of different kinds of research. And he, one of the things in his list that just went by was global warming. This is 1993. Know, and, and it just went by like no one paid any attention. And because we had started talking about the the greenhouse effect, but no one ever had dubbed it global warming. And then a few years later, as I'm going through the archives, like 1995 or 94, another person says global warming. 
And so people have been talking about this longer than we've been paying attention to it. It, it shows you how long that, you know, it's, it's not, um, the scientists who've been studying it is not that brand new. Despite the study of climate change going back to the 1970s, and despite the scientific consensus that it's a huge and human-made problem, a lot of people out there still don't believe in global warming. At the Science Matters event, the panel talked about this quite a bit. There are many possible explanations. One of them is that a lot of people don't have a basic understanding of what science is and how it works. People think science is a big book that sits on a desk, and that's science. They don't understand that science is a method of getting at the truth. And it's every day that method produces a little different snapshot in time of what we believe. And so the snapshot changes like a moving picture. The frame changes. And so what we may believe one day to the other may be a little bit different. So it's not this book sitting there, but it's a moving, sort of a moving thing. It's a changing thing, and people need to understand that if they're, they're going to understand why it's so hard to pin something down. Another challenge, Plato says, comes from the fact that up until now, the average person hasn't been able to see the problem, at least not in the same way that people could during earlier environmental movements in the 1960s and 70s. In those days, pollution was a very visible thing. Rivers were burning, you know, you could see the air. People would say, I don't want to breathe any air, I can't see, you know. Was the, Pittsburgh was, you know, you, they had the lights on during the day because there's so much pollution in these places. Um, you know, when you see and feel things, you know, your senses tell you something's dangerous. Now it's a different thing. Now you can't see CO2, you can't see some of the, the effects of global warming, but we are beginning to see it. And we're beginning to see the hurricanes, the intensity of the hurricanes, the wildfires that we're seeing more intense. So we're almost going back in time a little bit to where the, you know, the effects are so visible that I think people will begin to believe it more. It's getting, the, the conversation is going to change, I think. And we're already seeing politicians who, who started with, this doesn't exist, moving all the way to, well, maybe it's not man-made, and moving to, well, maybe it's a good thing, you know, beginning to admit that it's happening, at least it, that it has an influence. This process of recognizing and reacting to climate change is taking far longer than it should. Still, there are some reasons to be encouraged. As Science Friday proves, lots of people out there do care about science. Millions of people tune in every week. Alongside the skepticism, there's a hunger out there for scientific knowledge. Um, we, we talk about highly technical topics sometimes. And we're tweeting live during the show. So we get tweets that come back and tell us, you know, the way the audience is feeling sometimes. And uh, I like to go into the weeds on stuff, get very technical. And I think, oh my goodness, I'm going to alienate all these people. But just the opposite happens. The tweets peak. You see them peaking. The more I get involved in the weeds, the people love this sort of stuff. People really want to know the exact things about how the world works. I mean, that's what philosophers and theologians have been talking about for years. Where do we come from and where are we going and how do we get there? And that's what science does and that's what we try to do. We try to explain how the world works. 
And don't you want to know how the world works? I mean, everybody wants to know how the world works, either in a very simple way or a very detailed way. But we don't really want to know that, and that's what I have fun with. A huge thank you to Ira Flato for joining Hold That Thought. To keep up with new episodes and explore our full archive featuring researchers from arts and sciences at Washington University in St. Louis, search for Hold That Thought on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. If you can't find Hold That Thought wherever you get your podcasts, please let us know. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter or our contact info at our website, holdthatthought.wustl.edu. Thank you for listening.